The Land of the Free Podcast, Episode 5. John Morris here for Liberty Classroom. Look, most of us learned politically correct U.S. history in high school, and the economics was at least as bad. But it's never too late to learn the truth. At Liberty Classroom, you can learn real U.S. history, Western civilization, and free market economics from professors you can trust. Are you short on time? No problem, because you can also learn in your car. Got questions about what you're learning? You can get them answered in the discussion forums. Plus, monthly live sessions, recommended readings, optional quizzes, and coming soon, even more courses. So there's never been a better time to join Liberty Classroom. Visit landofthefreepodcast.com slash classroom to get all the details. No, I'm not a writer. Okay. The main reason we went into Iraq at the time was we thought he had weapons of mass destruction. It turns out he didn't. If we have not gotten our troops out by the time I am president, it is the first thing I will do. I will get our troops home. We will bring an end to this war. You can take that to the bank. I'm tired of, tired of being peaceful and tired of being calm, you know? I ain't, I ain't peaceful. I ain't no protest. I'm violent. Rocks and bottles, and you can see tear gas canisters being fired. There are reports of, of gunshots also being fired. If I could have gotten 51 votes for an outright ban, I would have done it. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Land of the Free podcast. I'm your host, John Morris, rolling solo again today. Michael is doing some traveling around and won't be able to join us. In this episode, I want to talk about uh, the recent segment that I saw on CNN. And I wanted to talk about this because this is a perfect example of the subtle ways in which the media manipulates the narrative. And it's so important to be able to spot these things and call them out and call them out as wrong. So I was watching CNN, and again, I watch Fox, I watch CNN, I try to watch MSNBC, but that's <laughs> very, very tough at times. And the big story that's kind of going on today as I'm recording this is talking about what happened in Michigan. How did Donald Trump win, and how did Bernie Sanders upset Hillary Clinton? Now, if you're not paying attention, going in, all the polling showed that Hillary uh, should win Michigan. It's kind of a big state, has a lot of delegates, but it's also kind of the rust belt of the country, an industrial part of the country, and a place where Hillary really kind of needs to be able to win in order to win a general election, especially against Donald Trump, because these are kind the kind of people that he could draw from the Democratic Party over to Republicans to vote for him with the right kind of message. So uh, it's a big, big primary, and Bernie Sanders upset Hillary. Hillary Clinton. And so the big kind of narrative today is what happened? How did that happen? And this idea that there are people out there, and at first this was confusing to me as well, but their 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 choice wasn't Clinton or Sanders or Trump and Cruz. It was Trump or Sanders. And that seems really, really weird when you think about the solutions that they have and the, the ideas that they're putting forward. How could someone be deciding between Trump or Sanders. 
And so they went into this segment and they had Mark Lamont Hill on and they had some other guy who was a writer. He's probably really famous and I'm doing him no justice, but they had them on and it came right after a segment on how they looked at the exit polling and it showed that Michigan voters were highly concerned with the economy and jobs. It was one of their number one concerns and those people went overwhelmingly to Sanders on the Democratic side and Trump on the Republican side. And so they were kind of diving into this and trying to figure out what was going on. So the supposed point of the segment was how voters could be Trump or Bernie since they're so different on most things. And then what they did is they showed the unemployment rate being the lowest in seven years. They showed gas prices being way down. They showed the Dow Jones being up 40% and essentially creating this narrative that, look, the economy is great. Why are these people so concerned about the economy? Why is this one of their number one concerns? And why are they flocking to Sanders and Trump who are really kind of, they're they're not status quo. Their ideas aren't status quo. They're about shaking things up. So if the economy is so great, why are people concerned about it and want to shake it up in these different ways? And It was so funny watching it because they gave zero thought to that. Gee, maybe these numbers don't tell the whole story. Maybe it's the numbers that are the problem, not the voters. The whole point of the segment that something was wrong with the voters. The economy was great, so why are they so worried about it? And uh, at one point, they basically got into that what it came down to is old white men were mad that minorities and foreigners were taking over the country. So Trump was winning because of immigration and so forth. And Sanders was winning because he was doing really, really well uh, with old white men. And so it, it came down to, well, old, my, old white men are, are mad about minorities. They feel like they're losing their place in the country and so forth. And so that's why they're flocking to Trump and Sanders. Again, no thought to, I wonder if these numbers are telling the whole story. I wonder if there's something deeper than what these numbers show us. Now, you might ask, well, why do I care? It's freaking CNN. I mean, they they do this all the time. And I think it's important because this kind of subtle manipulate, it's in everything you see on TV. It's in everything you read online. If you're consuming any sort of information, you're going to find this kind of subtle manipulation. See, what they did is they didn't present the other side at all. The other side would have been someone like, say, Peter Schiff, who would say, well, those numbers are phony. Those numbers, you know, the recovery that supposedly has been happening is phony. He was on the Tom Woods show the other day, and he actually pointed this out. If the if the recovery was real, if everything was going so great, and what Obama, the Obama years have been so awesome, like they try to tell us, then Hillary, Hillary Clinton should be winning in a landslide because she's trying to uh, portray herself as extending those policies. Bernie Sanders should have no foothold. He shouldn't be able to compete with her as this upstart trying to change complete, uh, completely change everything in both the Democratic, Republican, across the board. He shouldn't be able to to get much support if the recovery were real. But the fact that he is able to, and Michigan is one example specifically where you can see it, 
uh, it shows that huh, maybe we should look at these numbers deeper. Maybe we should really look at what's going on and if this was uh, recovery was real. So they don't present the other side at all. They don't present that argument at all. The two guys pretended to argue a bit, but it was really over minutia. Mark Lamont Hill was basically went in on old white men, and the other guy was like, well, maybe we shouldn't be so hard on them. There's, there's a few other things, but uh, it was really just kind of over minutia, not anything about these numbers being misleading. So these are things that you really have to watch out for uh, and understand how they affect people. The, I think the normal person watching that you know, wouldn't have really necessarily picked up on that. You know, watching all the different stations, CNN, MS, NBC, and Fox, and the different way that they cover things. First off, try it sometime if you don't do it. I, I have three TVs, and I put them all on at the same time. And so I can see the coverage of the exact same thing at the time that it's happening. And you'd be surprised how similar a lot of the stuff they say is, first off. But you start to get to see the ways in which each one manipulates it. Fox does it too. MSNBC does it too. You really got to look for it and pay attention to it and not let it affect your thinking too much and help you to understand the way that they're manipulating people so that when you're dealing with those people, if you're going to be involved in politics and so forth, you you have a sense of the manipulation that's happened to them. So. Here's some things to consider with all this, some more facts. And again, I'm taking these from Peter Schiff. He was on the Tom Woods show the other day and talked specifically about this. I thought it was an interesting juxtaposition to to see this segment on CNN, having listened to that episode. So um, first off, they were talking about, I believe this is the job numbers for February. Now, don't quote me on that because I can't remember exactly if it was February or if it was last quarter, or but they were talking about job numbers for a specific period of time here recently and how the first off the 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 numbers were they were up but they weren't as high as what was projected and you know Peter was talking about how they constantly do this they'll project these numbers as high they'll come out with some initial numbers right after and then they end up going back and lowering those numbers and a lot of times he said he thinks that the job numbers by the time they go back and revise and, and get it to where they think it's actually accurate, that it'll be close to zero, if not negative, the number of jobs that were created over this time period. But the thing that was interesting that he said was that 88% of those jobs were part-time jobs. And that's mentioned nowhere in any of the reports. And so they do... Along with these numbers, they have another report that they do that uh, where they survey people and so forth, I believe. And so they get some idea of what kind of jobs these people got. And so 88 in that report, I guess, 88% of those jobs were part-time jobs. Now think about that for a second. Think about if you lost your job, whatever job you have now. You lost your job and you were out of work for a while. and when you finally come back and do get a job, it's a part-time job. Now, would you be super ecstatic about that? Would that, you know, put you back on the even playing field and be able to afford all the things that you had before? Uh, probably not. Most people would take the part-time job because they had no other option, not because they wanted to. So the simple fact that a lot of those jobs are part-time jobs 
gives you some insight into why maybe people are still angry. Yeah, they have a job. That's good. But it's not a full-time job. Also, he mentioned in that episode that many of those new jobs were in the service sector. And a lot of them were waiters and waitresses. So again, think about that. Not only do you lose your job and you get a part-time job, but you get a part-time job waiting tables. Now, that's not to take any shot at waiters and waitresses and so forth. But you know, I think most people would say that if they went from, say, a corporate job or an IT job and the job that they ended up with after they lost that one and were out of work for a while were a part-time job waiting tables, it, was, it wouldn't be their ideal situation. So, again, it gives you some insight into why people are still might be upset. The other thing they talked about was the Dow Jones uh, being up. Well, what normal person cares about the Dow Jones being up? I mean, most of us, and, and look, I get that there's some relevance there. I, I understand that. But most people could care less. And what they would say is, okay, well, Wall Street is up. Meanwhile, I lost my job. I had to take a part-time job. It's doing something I don't necessarily enjoy. Or, you know, I'm, I'm at the same job, but my wages haven't gone up for almost a decade. The prices of things that I buy, actually buy on a regular basis, are up. And my income doesn't go as far as it used to. So, <laughs> again, it gives you some insight into why they might be upset. So, could it be, I mean, let's just go off the deep end here. Could it be that, as Peter Schiff says, the recovery is phony? That it's actually just a bubble that's primarily helped out the stock market and Wall Street? and hasn't really helped out the common person and that the common person is still struggling to find full-time work, struggling with rising prices and so forth. Could it possibly be, oh, and then let's add on top of that, Obamacare uh, and all the other things that have come out over the last seven years. No, it couldn't be that. It's got to be racist old white men. Clearly, I mean, I, I think that's obvious. <laughs> so. The reason why people could be deciding between Trump and Sanders is that at the very least, they get this. They get that, hmm, maybe the, the recovery, the so-called recovery, at the very least, even maybe they don't go as far as saying it's phony, but at the very least, it hasn't helped out the common person, the regular person, as much as what uh, the administration and the media supporting it would like us to believe. They get that there's still a problem out there. Now, really, both of their solutions aren't that great. Socialism isn't a great solution. Protectionism isn't a great solution uh, and will likely just make things worse. But they at the very least get the problem. And that is the real reason why someone could be deciding between Trump or Sanders, and that is what happened in Michigan. Hey, have you subscribed yet? You must be a statist if you haven't subscribed yet. Well, let's get that corrected. Head on over to landofthefreepodcast.com slash iTunes slash SoundCloud or slash YouTube and subscribe to the channel and quit being a statist.